I'm excited. G'day, g'day, everyone. How are we all? Uh, welcome back to the show. Uh, of course, uh, my name is Josh, and I'm joined by the lovely co-host that is Dane. Dane, how are you? Uh, not too bad yourself? Yeah, yeah, all right, all right. Um, we're going to start off the show today with a, a little bit of a story time about uh, a, a fun uh, mistake that I made during the week. Um, so I sometimes have very little common sense. We'll start the story with that. Um, so I, I have found that I had a little bit of a, a little bit of a mouse uh, problem in my uh, my reptile shed, so um, we had to go and get some some mouse traps. All right. Now before I continue the story, I'm going to preface this by uh, talking about a video that I sent Dane during the week that summarizes what I did very well. Kind of sort of. Oh. It will, will that, so there's a there's a video of a, a couple of friends in it and in, in some sort of like a, an off-road track or something like that. And they find a, a skeleton with a, a, a full uh, set of teeth. And one of their mates goes, do you think it's a bird? <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's how we're going to start the story. All right. So, so we've got mouse traps, right? And I'm trying yep. to figure out how to set these things up because I've never done it before. So I search, as, as uh, a, a young person that I am, uh, I searched it up on YouTube. So I set it up and I was like, okay, now I want to see if it actually works. So you know what I did? Rather than grabbing a stick or something like a normal human being, I just put my finger on the thing Oh, and went bang. <laughs> and I'm Josh. like, ow, that hurt. <laughs> Mate, my hand still hurts. I did that three days ago. <laughs> oh my God. Josh, why would you... <laughs> <laughs> Dickhead. <laughs> See, sometimes my brain works and other times it doesn't. All right. That that was one of those times. But for for an update on the mouse situation, we did get a two in one, which I still don't know how that happened, but uh and we haven't had oh, any wow. since. So I mean that's a good sign. Um at least. And, yeah, hopefully it stays that way. I've left them set up and gonna leave them set up for a while. Obviously the rat uh, mice they were in little things uh, were not fed to any animals just for safety reasons just in case they've got any nasties in them uh, they yeah. were just disposed of accordingly anyway uh, that that is story time for, for this episode that'll probably become a, uh, a little segment that we'll do some sort of a story of something dumb that we've done at some point in time um, <laughs> so for, for today's show uh, we decided we're going to talk about how we got started with keeping animals. Um, now, Dane, you can go first. Uh, give us, give us the story. Give us the backstory. Oh, how like the first reptile I keep, like kept or, like. Oh well, yeah, how how a bit of that, and then how it progressed over time as well. First, whether it's first uh, reptile, first animal, whatever it is, wherever you want yeah, to start uh, the story. Well, I kind of, well, ever since I was like really young. Well, we're going way back here. Um, my family's been very animal orientated. So my dad, he's been keeping you no know, reptiles since he was a teenager. And my mum has been more of a like domestic cat and dog person. But once they got together, it kind of merged. And uh, we had all these native animals at one point, mammals and fucking birds. We went through the phase. Uh, we, but we've always really had reptiles around. So my dad's always had outdoor what we call lizard pits, uh, 
with just blue tongues he's had over the years. And um, obviously we've always had the cats and the dogs and a cheeky bird here or two. But more the, so... The natural uh, progression. Yeah, that's it. We've had our phases going in and, like, in and out of different uh, animals. Um, personally, we, di- I, we didn't have reptiles for quite a long time until probably maybe two years ago, I picked reptiles back up and I was like, you know what? I, I'm going to keep lizards now. And then I acquired like 70 blue tongues over the course of a year and a half. <laughs> um, which is probably not the best way to do it on being honest, going straight into the deep end. I think but, it's um, worth noting that somewhere along that progression, there was also the influence of meeting me, which probably doesn't help that uh, addiction either. <laughs> oh yeah, quite early on uh, into that uh, that phase, I did meet Josh at school, and um, I don't think he helped at all. No, I think he <laughs> he made everything worse. I think was, when I met you, I probably had about oh, I had under ten lizards at that point. Yeah, it was just the one I, think, I think it was just the pit stuff at that point. Yeah, pits and maybe a beardy and two snakes or some shit like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If that. But uh, yeah, and then there was always the, oh, Dane, what are you looking for? Oh, yeah, that. Let me just send you 10 of those real quick. Yeah, um, here's like the sale. Here's, here's <laughs> the link. There's 10 of them. <laughs> Get them now. <laughs> Being of the course, quiet art. You know, you, you've, got to, you've got to have some influence, don't you? <laughs> being quite influenced, being able to uh, naive and stuff, uh, I buy a lot of stuff. <laughs> And then, and then sometimes it magically ends up at my house. Um, how many times yeah, have magic, we done yeah. that now? Like four or five times, I think. Uh, yeah, something like that. <laughs> Just different babies and blue tongues. Yeah, that's it. That's hmm. it. Probably about four or five. And what have you got nowadays, Dane? What's the what's the the the, the collection looking like at the moment? Oh, uh, okay. So I've tried to limit inside stuff uh, to a maximum. Or a minimum, sorry. Uh, I, just because it's like it's heaps of work. I kept oh, probably twenty-ish blue tongues inside last season over winter, and it just killed me. Like there was so much poop, so so much shit to clean. <laughs> <laughs> it so didn't help got, that they um, they that that particular batch reeked like all ungodly smells as well. Oh, that too. Now I've got <laughs> the. I've got two blueies, central blueies inside. I got uh, three snakes, a beardy, uh, and some. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Snakes. Be be more specific. Come on, give us the details, Dane. Uh, I've got three diamond pythons. I've got uh, one subadult. I I don't know if you'd still call it that. It's about three years old now. Two, three years old. Uh, a adult diamond and a youngster. There so what what we're saying is in the next couple of years, once Dane breeds them, people um, <laughs> starts spamming his inbox. I mean, what? I didn't say that. Who said that? Huh? Oh, dear. A little bit of motivation. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Um, quite interesting. The youngest one I picked up recently has uh, got some nice striping on it. Yeah, that's that's going to be a spectacular animal once it starts uh, going yeah. through all the, the colour changes and getting a bit more size to it. Especially if it gets more yellow in it, that's going to be a screamer. Yeah, exactly. It's a bit of a shit eater, but like diamonds typically are to start off with. 
Yeah, it seems to be a bit of a reoccurring theme, doesn't it? Yeah, unfortunately. And then all the outside stuff, do you want to start uh, to talk about that for a little bit too? Um, yeah, sure, why not? I've got, so I've got four different pits currently. So I've got one pit with uh, four New England Cunninghams and three Blue Mountain Alpine Watches. Yep. Uh, blue Tongues. And I've got a pit with probably about 10 or so, just typical, like normal Alpines, Vic locale, probably. Yep. yep. Uh, a pit with about another, oh shit, how many Lowlands have I got now? Oh God. Like 13? <laughs> 13? Like that. No, yeah. it'd be way more than that. Fuck, no. 15? Yeah, yeah. That, that, sounds about, that sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah, about 15 Lowlands, and then I've got another pit uh, with a trail of Tassie locale blotches. So basically what we're saying is Dane's got all the blotchies. Um, he's a he's a big blotchy fiend. He loves them. Um, he can't go wrong. I've got some stumpies in there too, four. Oh yes, of course. Can't forget Peggy. One yeah, of one it. of the one of the nicest uh Vic shingles I think I've ever seen personally. Just just yeah, bring nice it out high white nice high white white specimen. Yeah, Cheers. absolutely. Yet to breed. <laughs> oh Come yeah, on, of course. That's that's always how it goes, isn't it? The the best looking ones are the ones that are the hardest to get going, or the hardest that's to breed. It. You just kind of sit there and hope. I think if she did end up dropping babies, I'd probably it probably wouldn't be a good thing for me because I'd be so tempted to just start up a bloody shingleback army at that point. I did at one point have roughly nineteen shinglebacks, and it just was a disaster. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't think we want to go down that road again. That was a. That was a fun time for everyone, that. <laughs> yeah, no way. Uh, no matter how good of a keeper you are, you're always going to have one that ends up with just respiratory problems, unfortunately. And Yeah, there's always going to be something that goes wrong. <laughs> having it at once. <laughs> yeah, no, that that's not it. Yeah, so I think that's about just, just about me. With Oh, I've got two water skinks, too. Just because They're you can, just something different. Why not? Yep, fair something enough. a bit more intelligent. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Um, alrighty, so I suppose now we'll uh, talk, talk about how I got started. Um, for me, it was, I suppose, quite a different route to, to Dane in the sense that um, nobody in my family is particularly, you know, animal people. No one's kept anything aside from, you know, uh, maybe a couple of dogs, that sort of thing. Um, a lot of my family, ironically, is n- not real keen on the, the reptile side of things, although that has changed with the, uh, the the amount of critters that I've got nowadays as well, which is really good to see. Um, so my main influences earlier on were basically my childhood was a mixture of Transformers, uh, dinosaurs, Steve Irwin documentaries, uh, Steve <laughs> Backshaw's Deadly 60 and Chris Humphrey's show. That was that, and and of course David Attenborough as well. That was basically my childhood, um, and throw in a bit of Star Wars there too. But anyway, anyway, um, <laughs> that that was basically how I got raised, um, which is has been quite quite the fun experience, I must say. I still go back to some of those documentaries today and watch them, and they're still just as engaging, believe it or not. Um, I suppose then from there. Uh, one of my my mum's work friends decided they were going on on holidays, and needed someone to look after their their small uh, collection of critters. So they had 
um, a cat, a couple of turtles, uh, a shingleback, and a blue tongue. And the blue tongue ends up, I ended up inheriting, and that's a story for another day. That animal was a mess. But anyway, not from them. That animal was just a, just a cow of a blue tongue. Um, <laughs> both both Dane, I'm thinking of. But yeah, both Dane <laughs> and I had the joy of owning that animal for a, a period of time there. Um, <laughs> anyway, so I started looking after them, and I didn't realize at the time that these were like people owned animals, if that makes sense. Like, like the reptile side of things. I didn't know that was a thing. Um, so then I got basically infatuated with it from that point. I was like starting to do all the research, you know, my Google history was just full of different reptile searches, finding reptile stores. Fortunately at the time, uh, the president of the VHS, um, Adam Sapiano had a shop basically five minutes down the road from my house. And so for the next year or so that the shop was open um, until he closed up and decided to move house, um, I was in there probably every second week looking at what was new. Um, And it wasn't until uh, Christmas, I think it was 2015 or 2016, something like that, uh, where I made the the jump and got a a big uh, lowlands blotchy. Uh, and a tank, and that that was where it started, and then it snowballed from there uh, into probably over thirty animals. Now I I can't say I really keep count of them all at this point in time. I do have a list next to me. Um, what have I got? Uh, South Australian Westerns, Centralian Blueies, uh, Brettles Pythons, a couple of different localities of Murray Darlings, which is my main focus. Uh, Mr. Elvis, the King Skink, a couple of Woodlands Cunninghams, a bunch of Eastern Water Dragons, Lowlands Blotchies, and currently some Northern Blueies as well, um, which will hopefully breed this year and then uh, be on to uh, probably into another person's hands as um, I'll be looking to move those on at the end of this season potentially. Um, But yeah, that's basically my progression. It's been leaps and bounds over the last uh sort of couple of years um yeah that's that's sort of where where we started there um i thought it would be worth dane talking about how uh we managed to to meet as well i think that's always a good story to tell yeah Um, i quite i reckon that was good the the absolute fluke that it was um so I'll, I'll start by setting the scene, shall I? Um, so essentially, both Dane and my uh, school, high school, um, they have a, a small collection of reptiles. And yes. at the time and still to this day, I um, was looking to and still am in the process of starting a junior zookeeping program at the school. Uh, similar, ideally similar to the Lilydale High School program, although that will probably not happen unfortunately but that's a story for yeah. another day um so the school has uh, like an annual festival day for their uh saint uh which is um saint mary mckillop um mm-hmm. so that's of course called mckillop day um so it's a like a free dress they bring in rides and stuff you know a happy you know fun day basically so we got the go ahead to set up a, an animal display and run a couple of talks for some of the critters um, and of course me being the, uh, the extrovert when it comes to animals and that's about it that I am. Um, 
was running the talks at the time. Um, now, my mum also works at the school and decided to come in for one of the talks as well. And, yes. um, <laughs> of course, a uh, one uh, year 12 decided it was uh, a good idea to come in and see what was going on. And who, who would that year 12 be, Dane? Who, who do you think that was? Perhaps it might have been me. Hmm. <laughs> the and stars then, aligned uh, and I decided to check it out. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, what, what did we give you in the end? I think we gave you a beardy. Yeah. And you, you, were, you were having fun playing with that. And then, of course, my, uh, my mother being the extreme extrovert that she is, comes up and starts chatting to Dane uh, about reptiles and critters and stuff. And then mum goes, oh, you should go and talk to him. He's got animals at home. And then I, I walk over to Dane and he starts showing me photos. He goes, yeah, I got Tazzy blotches. And I was like, hang on, what? <laughs> I was like, that was the sorry. <laughs> so at the time, that was something that I was starting to look into. Uh, I obviously haven't decided to go down that road, but I, at the time I was really looking into them and I was, I was hooked. I was like, okay, show me more. What, what else have you got? And he was showing me photos and basically it just blossomed from there to the point yeah. where I think for the rest of that year, either I was at your house or you were here basically every second week. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. That was, <laughs> uh, yeah, as you said, the stars aligned perfectly for that day, really. Yeah, there was a big chance I wasn't going to go to that talk due to uh, a circle of friends. They wanted to get one last ride in and they didn't want to come with me. And I was like, you know what? I'm going. There's animals here. And it worked out. Because <laughs> I'm not that's friends it. with them anymore. I'm still friends with you. <laughs> exactly. That's, that's the way it goes, hey? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> the, the game of chance at its finest. Oh, yeah. So, um, yeah, that's, that's sort of the, the how we got into it. Now, the other thing that we wanted to discuss in uh, this show was a couple of different animal expos that we've been to. Um, I think we've got probably four different expos that we can talk about here, Dane, because I know you used okay. to go to um, another one as well that we'll, we'll bring up in a minute. Um, yeah. So, obviously, we've both gone to the VHS uh, expos or expo for yes. you expos for me something like that um, no, i've been to yeah, the last yeah. Two. i've got to say hands down of the animal expos that i have been to and of the ones that i've seen online in the in australia at least the vhs has got to be the best um by far it's one of the only ones that i've seen that really has that you stay there for the whole day kind of feel yeah um they do a fantastic job with it all. Um, I'm not saying that just because I'm a member of the VHS. That's, that was my, my honest opinion before I was a member. Um, just a fantastic event. Uh, can't wait to get back into uh, the expos as well. Uh, from, from an outsider perspective looking in, Dan, what did you think of the, uh, the VHS expos? Oh, I quite liked it too. Um, I didn't, didn't and don't really stay overly long at expos in general, just because I'm, I'm not a fan of the crowds, but you get in there early. You can see, you know, what everyone's got because people do come from like all over Australia to come sell their animals. I find you get quite a lot of the folk from New South Wales coming down, uh, setting up stalls. Uh, it's, it's, you'll find 
probably different years, there'll be more of a trend in what animals are more prominent there. Yeah, definitely. So I think last year it was ants, uh, like uh, all the children's pythons and shit. Um, uh, it is a, there's a bit of variety though. There's not everyone sells animals either. You had guys from, I think, what, oh, fisheries there last time, I think maybe. One of the native... Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's the there's the, the native fishing group that always set up their their rainbow tanks, rainbow fish. Yeah, tanks. that's it. There's um, black snake productions that always put on a show. Uh, yeah, those, so not everyone sells. There's a lot yeah. of quite a lot of displays. Um, um, yeah, it's nice to walk around. Everyone got, tends to go. Big um, social event, really. Yeah, that's 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 the main. I think that's the main draw card to it is that it's that that element of networking and social socialization with, you know, people, That's you can it. be talking to someone from Gippsland one minute and then talking to someone from Warrnambool the next, you know, like That's it. you basically got pretty much everyone or as many people as you can that are involved in, in the reptile side of things go to the expo. Um, yeah. Unlike some of the other countries, uh, Australia, uh, or at least in Victoria, we only have one expo a year. Um, and then unlike say America where there's an expo every two weeks or whatever it is, uh, there's kind of like a, a three month window of expos or four month window of expos in Australia. And then that's about it. Um, so you'll find that these are huge events because everyone's going there to figure out what they, what their next purchase is going to be pretty much. That's it. Um, I think from, from my experience, at least, the, the VHS expos have had the most variety. Um, although, you, as you said, you will see trends. Like one year it was blue tongues galore. The next it was carp pythons. Then, it, as you said, Antaresia was popular last time around. Um, yep. But there's always those few tables with the oddities as well. Um, like, you know, there's, uh, I think it's the guys at um, Haberfield's Reptiles. They had... You know, things like your Scalaris, your Spotted Tree Monitors, different uh, leaf tail geckos. Um, yeah. There's a couple other guys that do some of the small skink stuff. There's always going to be that couple of places that have got that that thing that you don't see all that often, um, mm. which is always great to see. Um, last year's expo was probably the best um, purely because... Um, as you walked into the foyer of the building, they had Lilydale High School set up, and that setup was phenomenal. Um, yeah, they I'm brought pretty... you know some of their some of their rarities and oddities, and the kids were basically running the show, and it was just a fantastic sort of vibe and experience to be uh, sort of in you know being able to see the kids in action, and you know you really see the benefit to a program like that in that sort of a setting. Yeah. They kind of had their, their to, to set the scene, they had their uh, display set up into kind of two halves. They had the stuff that they were selling, which was a lot of your bluey morphs, different frogs, a couple of different carpet pythons, that sort of stuff. And then they had the display stuff, which was anything from leaf tail geckos to mangrove monitors to rare shinglebacks, you know, all the way through to different agernia, you name it, pretty much it was on display there and it was just fantastic. Um, yeah, they, it was really nicely set up too like it had all the um the habitat enclosure it wasn't just an enclosure on an animal mm, yeah it was actually you know there was plants in it there was you know it was a nice substrate 
Yeah, it was very, so, uh, very naturalistic setup. Same with, of course, Black Snake Productions. It's what they're known for as well. Um, yeah, they both kind of went for that same sort of vibe, and it was just fantastic to see. Um, it was very much a mini zoo setup. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, but yeah, so that was that was the VHS uh, last, not last year, the year before, I think. Is that what that we're up to now? I don't know. I can't tell. Yeah, I think so. Uh, just before COVID hit. Oh, yeah, it would have been just before COVID hit. So um, about about a year ago. Yeah, whenever whenever that was, geez. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tw- uh, twenty twenty, I think February. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Geez, ridiculous. Um, so, I had the chance to go to uh, a Castle Hill uh, or. Blacktown, I think it is these days, uh, reptile show in New South Wales as well. Um, yep. I think it's again, two years ago now, something like that. Um, and that was interesting. It was interesting to see um, how different, different uh, societies or different groups do things. Um, that was very much a get in, get your stuff and kind of go type of thing. There wasn't really that, not as much of the social element or the hang around for the day sort of thing. Um, oh, okay. It was a lot more, you know, like we got there basically at nine thirty, and there was already a bloke walking out with a tub with like 10 tubs of carpet pythons. Oh, geez. I was like, geez, radio. Okay. That's, that's sort of the, the, what we're going for here. Um, in saying that though, the setups were fine. You know, it was kind of more of a conventional expo, I would say in, uh, or a traditional expo in the sense that it was the, the usual, you know, your acrylic or plastic containers. And then, you know, you're, you're easy for the keeper sort of thing. Not so much the, okay. the nas- naturalistic setups, I suppose. Yeah. Um, they did have a, a reptile pit with the show, with a show there as well, which was uh, good to see. It's always good to have, um, I think most groups will try and have some form of a demonstrator or educator on hand as well which is always good to see um, just so you can get that, you know, that educational element in there as well. Um, <laughs> that one seemed to be uh, a lot of carpet pythons and morphs and stuff like that, um, which we will talk about in uh, probably the next show will be a, a discussion about morphs and that sort of stuff. Um, so it was interesting to see. Um, it was certainly, certainly very different uh, to the VHS shows. Um, and it was probably a bit smaller as well. It was in a, uh, like a, a double basketball court gymnasium type of thing. Okay. Um, but set up wise, it was, it was fine. You know, uh, we got to the point where we'd done probably three or four laps and went, all right, we've still got a couple of hours. We might as well see what else is around. And we went and checked out, um, Featherdale wildlife park, which is fantastic. And we'll, we'll do a discussion about zoos and things like that. Uh, in, in another show as well. But yeah, if you ever get a chance to go down there, awesome place. Um, now, there are two more expos that both Dane and myself uh, have gone to that we, we can talk about as well. Um, one would be uh, the, the, what was it? The Geelong Bird Expo this year that we went to wow. uh, <laughs> prior, prior to... Uh, any uh, lockdowns or anything like that, that the moment in yeah. time where we were able to go places. Um, Dane, do you want to start off by giving your synopsis and then I'll, I'll give mine? Uh, 
Rosellas <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> yes. It was very much a oldies event. We ended up, uh, when about did the gates, the doors open for 11 o'clock? And we ended up getting there about one-ish. Yeah, uh, big something mistake like that. Because yeah. everyone was packed up and gone, <laughs> basically. Yeah, that As was... we were walking in the door, people were packing out, but packing up and leaving. But they were pretty happy to take our money still. So, for <laughs> the um, entrance. Yeah, it was certainly a, a, a very different um, different group of people to a, or not a group of people, but a, a different vibe, I suppose, to oh, a reptile yeah. show. Um, in saying that, though, I would imagine that it'd be quite similar in the sense that they're affected by trends as far as what people bring to the shows. Um, so as Dane said, it was Rosella's galore, which I would imagine would be kind of similar to like a blue tongue or a carp python from my experience, limited experience with birds. Yeah, um, that would make sense. In the, in the commonality sense, in the commonly kept sort of sense. Um, yeah. So it sort of made sense. Um, it was good to see there was a couple of, uh, you know, cake parrots and Amazons and lorikeets and that sort of stuff, but it was predominantly... Uh, Rosellas, Indian ringnecks, finches, that sort of stuff, um, yeah. which makes sense again. That's some of the more more commonly kept species, so that does make sense. Um, but I would say it was it was good to to see what you know what to expect from something along those lines. As Dane said, it was probably a slightly older crowd um, than a, a reptile show, which is usually going to be more targeted towards kids. Um, but yeah, it was it was good to see you know something something a little bit different. Um, Unfortunately, the, the next bird expo that I was going to attend has been cancelled. Um, yeah. That was the, the, the Ballarat one. Um, apparently, they're going to do a Bendigo one, which is t- uh, intended to be the day after the Ballarat one was going to be. I'm not liking their chances, but uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah I, have a, yeah, I have a feeling that one might end up being cancelled or rescheduled. Yeah, I'm thinking group sizes is probably going to be a bit of an issue. Yeah. But we'll Definitely. see what happens um, there. Certainly something that I want to get into uh, going to more of in the next couple of years. Same with the Interstate uh, Reptile Expos. I'm hoping, fingers crossed, that next year I'll be able to go to as many of them as possible. Uh, obviously, oh, yeah, with restrictions you. allowing and everything along those lines, we'll see what happens, I suppose. Oh, Definitely. Um, now, the last one that we have to talk about, this might be a bit of a flashback for you, Dane. Um, in our uh, local council, they run a, a pet, ex- an animal expo, um, ah. <laughs> which is usually held at the, the council grounds, um, which is, in all honesty, it's basically cats and dogs with the occasional wildlife demonstrator. Um, yeah. At least that's what it is nowadays. I know Dane was there a little bit earlier on. Dane, do you want to talk about some of your experiences there first? Um, so quite a few years in a row, we actually used to run a stall there. For So I was a member of the Victorian Ferret Society, actually. Uh, my mother and I, we used to basically, uh, there'd be a couple of different keepers within that society. We'd all go there, we'd set up cages and basically just spend the whole day informing people about ferrets. <laughs> uh, we were pl- you typically placed inside with the show cats and they didn't like that because apparently the smell of the ferrets upset show cats. So we got kicked outside and I believe they ended up just not coming back uh, a few years later because of weather. Yeah, I, I can't say I've seen... I went to the last couple 
and I can't say I saw ferrets there, to be honest. Yeah, uh, it could just be a thing of uh, quite a few members who used to run the Ferret Society while, while I was still in it have passed away. Yep. So I, it's probably a whole different crowd by now. We're, I'm no longer a part of it. Uh, but it was a big thing to get out there and educate people about, you know, the keeping of ferrets and all that. Yeah, uh, I believe there was a rat society too that came to some. I haven't seen them around for a hot minute either. Yeah, okay. But uh, I've never gotten to them. So uh, I never really saw any reptiles or anything there. I, I believe maybe Adam Sapiano had a stall there at one mm. point. Okay. Or yep. that, that might have been another, another shop, reptile yep. shop. Uh, other than that, it was like samples from the Roby River and just different mostly dog things really yeah it's it's a very dog heavy event you know they've got their little uh course thing set up for all the agility dogs and that sort of stuff and people bring their dogs so there's just animals everywhere um which is probably why you don't see a lot of uh avian or reptile species at that sort of an event um yeah i can't imagine it too well (laughs) yeah although recently they've kind of gone through three or four different demonstrators um each year uh so the first year that i went the the main reason i went was because uh, chris humphrey and wild action were running it and that was fantastic their their talks and that show was really good there was a couple of different um reptile i think there was two different stalls that had something that wasn't cats or dogs basically um, yeah, now that you talk about it, Josh, I remember they did have a reptile van at one point. Yes, yes, I remember that too. Actually, I think I was yeah. there for that one too. I have no idea. I was actually talking to someone about that. I have no idea where that company ended up. There was, yeah. um, I don't know if we're talking about the same one or not, but they had like a, a bus and it was set up with, I can vaguely remember it was set up with tanks inside the bus. Yes, that was it. I have no it idea like where that's gone. scaled on the bus, yeah. Yes, if someone who's listening to this knows anything about them, please send us a message. Um, I really want to know what, what, what happened there because that was something really different. <laughs> and it, yeah, made, it saw, was. Yeah, go on, go on. Yeah, sir, I saw them at quite a few expos because we didn't just go to the Wyndham one, we went to quite a few around the state. Okay. And I yep. remember them being there and a few different ones. It's like, oh, I recognize that bus. Yeah. That, yeah. Was, that was years ago. It makes sense to have it set up that way because I'm sure it'll be very mobile. But yeah. yeah, I would love to know what whatever happened to that that company or whoever was running that because that was very very different. I will say that much. Um, I mm. can't remember much about the setups or anything like that. But um, yeah, it would certainly be interesting to see where where that ended up. Um, over the last couple of years, they've had. Um, I think Roo Keepers and Wildlife, uh, Wild Exposure, sorry, Xavier, um, uh, go through and do talks as well. Um, they also yeah. had, there was another stall there last year that had like Birds of Prey, which was something oh, really okay. obscure. Um, I think it was like a, a rescue or a, uh, like a wildlife carers group, something like that. But okay. yeah, that was, that was something different that I was like, oh, okay, I wasn't really expecting that. Um, but yeah, basically, it's it's a council-run expo that's more for dog and cat people more than anything. Obviously, they're going to be for their main demographic. There's even a pigeon group there as well oh. uh, for the <laughs> racing pigeon side of things, which is, believe it or not, quite popular out here, Dane. Um, yeah, the racing pigeons and show pigeons, I've seen a lot around lately. 
yeah, regarding yeah. them. And um, they used to run a, a radio show. I don't know if they still do on uh, the, the Win FM, which is the local community radio station that um, my dad used to be a part of as well. Um, not, not the pigeon yeah. show as such, but the, the running of the, the radio station. Um, so yeah, uh, that, that's pretty much about it for that, that, that sort of a show. Um, it's certainly a, a different sort of a, a show to a, a focused group type of thing, like a reptile expo or a bird show, something like that. Yeah. But um, otherwise, I think that pretty much sums up the, the expo discussion for now until, fingers crossed, we can get on to a few more. Um, I know the, the VHS have got their uh, symposium event coming up. I think that's what they're calling it. Uh, or their, their big uh, function, if you will, uh, which is going to be fantastic. Uh, I will preface this by saying uh, this is not one to be missed. Um, they've got some fantastic speakers uh, ranging from, you know, someone like Peter Birch through to frog specialists. Uh, I will get the list up at some point in the next couple of episodes to, to talk about that, but yeah, it's going to be a fantastic day and well worth the the trip down if you can make it. Um, it's not one to be missed, put it that way. That's it. Um, really hoping that one doesn't get cancelled. Yeah, fingers crossed. Unfortunately, Lilldale High is uh, not going to be set up in time to, to have all of their enclosures set up. They've got some uh, uh, headaches behind the scenes going on there, but they will have at least their, their croc tank uh, minus crocs. Uh, so that would be good to see and the, the, the building as well. Um, oh, absolutely. I'm sure that will come up in a discussion at some point talking about LHS because that, that in itself is a phenomenal story. Honestly, that setup there is fantastic. I've been very fortunate to go there twice now. Um, I'm not, despite what people think, I'm not a student of LHS. Um, that comes <laughs> up in discussion more than you would think. Um, but I have just had the, the fortunate uh, situation of knowing some of the guys down there and have been able to, to go there a couple of times and it is fantastic. It changes every time. Um, so yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, get behind the VHS uh, and that symposium. I'm sure they're going to post up some information about that in the next couple of weeks. Um, if you're not in Victoria, find, uh, have a look at any of your local herb societies, get behind them. Um, or if you're in somewhere that doesn't have one, maybe look at starting one. Uh, they're a fantastic way to start talking to different people um, and to really get to know some other keepers as well. Uh, highly recommend them for, for anyone. Definitely. Um, but I think that'll just about do us for, for this episode. So uh, if you want to see anything else that's related to me, uh, reptile-wise, feel free to have a look at Josh Lizzie Reptiles. There's a website that I need to fix up and update. There's uh, Instagram, there's Facebook. Um, I think that's about it. There's probably something else. Just search it up and you'll find them. Uh, Dane, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Blue Horizon Reptiles. Perfect. All right. Thank, thank you very much, everyone, for listening. Hope you enjoyed. Uh, we'll see you on the next one. See ya. <laughs>